Today on The Breakdown, no jokes. This will not be a funny episode. I'm just telling you right now, it's somber because it's Michael Adamo, it's Stephen Chidwick. Admittedly, if they were to have a sitcom, it would probably be called something like Adamo and the Reap, Reaper and Adamo, something like that. And there are a pair of mismatched cops who have to also forced to live together in the same apartment. One is fastidious, but one is pretty dirty. <laughs> and I, I just mean dirty like they leave their stuff around, to be clear. Or do I? It's Australian. <laughs> Anything goes on those TV shows. Anyway, uh, these guys are playing heads up in a Triton 50K buy-in. Nope, 100K buy-in. What's the buy-in, Grant? Grant, never helping. Big, big super high roller type of event. Let me just say that. They both locked up seven figures in this event as their heads up. They're still playing for some money and the title. And Michael Adamo's going to do Michael Adamo things here. He's going to make just bets the size of a skyscraper. And here we go. Stevie's got to just figure it out. He's got to reap his way home, apparently. And I don't know if he's going to be able to do it. These are some tough, tough spots that Adamo always puts everyone in, and here we go once again. When you're one of the best players in the world, can you figure it out? Can you do it right? Let's see if Chirwick does right now in the breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Hey. 75K. Buy-in. I was close. You no were one, uh, 75K euro buy-in. By the oh, way. yeah, not close. When you said 100K, you were kind of close. When I said 50K, I was kind of close. If it's 75K euro, you were close when you said 100K. Well, you were assuming I was saying in dollars, yeah, but I because wasn't you're denominating always, in dollars. Because you're an American-centric pig. <laughs> you have no worldliness to you, man. I've Except been for around. Australian TV shows like Adamo exactly. and The Reap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to explore that concept, and I think... If anybody knows a producer, I think this is worth, like, let's, let's connect because I think we got something here. I mean, that wasn't just like a hastily thrown together. No, no, this process. is years of work. Yeah. <laughs> is... I have storyboards. Yeah. Let me just put it this way. Adamo loves donuts, but the Reap is on a diet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's going to be great. No, I, have, I have notes, and I know this is your pet project, and no, you've, okay. you've, you've sought my inquiries yeah. before, but you, you don't really, I'm going to admit something to you that I haven't before because I thought it would hurt your feelings. Okay. You don't really take criticism well when it comes to this project. By the way, that's not you admitting something to me. That, when you admit something to me, you're showing a... You're supposed to be revealing something about yourself, not giving me criticism, just to be clear. Okay, maybe continue. that's semantic. I mean, I, it's, it's something that I didn't <laughs> want to reveal to you, so in a way it is an admission. The admission is that you've been cowardly to not say fine, it to Fine, fine. It's, it's not exactly that, because I'm sparing <laughs> your feelings. So that, again, not an admission. You, oh, the admission is I'm a great guy? <laughs> That's the thing I'm, I've been hiding from everyone? Fuck you, Grant. I don't think you understand the word admission. <laughs> I think you don't understand I don't the word think you understand its neutrality, Yeah, such as the word great off. or awesome. How's that? How's that? Um, oh, yeah, let's talk about the word great and awesome again. No one cares. Can you get to your points? <laughs> Go ahead. This is exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> when I'm trying I'm to... I'm not being <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to offer constructive criticism. All right, so this is the problem. Okay. And I don't know why he picked Adamo, because it was 2015 when he started this project. But he's like, you know what? I could see it. Michael Adamo, Stephen Chidwick, Buddy Cop, Adamo and the Reap. Yeah. And I think you picked Adamo mostly because it's got a nice cadence to it when you say it. Mm -hmm. I don't think Adamo's the right guy. Wow. I think you need the Reap, but yeah. you need to replace Adamo. It's not, it's, it's not different enough. I Who think should it be? It could be... Negranu and the Reap. At least the name sound. And also Negranu's like all... Hibbity jibbity, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and, and Stephen Jidwick yeah. has never said a word in his life. Yeah, so. that's good. Um, what about Seaver and the Reap? That's yeah. pretty good too, actually. Good? 
I actually like Seaver in the Honestly, Reap. Honestly, a lot of poker players in the Reap work pretty well. I would watch Helmuth in the Reap. I don't mind admitting it. <laughs> yeah, I would have, I would definitely watch Helmuth in the Reap. Can you imagine, like, Helmuth is on the guy on the diet. He goes into the refrigerator, and it's all donuts in there. And he's like, these fucking guys. Motherfucker. Is this real life? <laughs> it would be incredible. <laughs> yes, it would. Yeah. So, I, and I think a key to this, and I know you fight this because you're not a big fan of, of magical realism and stuff right. like that. But I think it's necessary when working with the Reap, that he has some sort of supernatural ability to, you know, maybe maybe it's limited in that he can reanimate the dead for like 10 seconds and talk to them very quickly. But he, so that, that adds a little bit of stakes. You know, he can't just yeah. reanimate the dead and like be like, who killed you and give me all the details. He, he's got right. like 10 seconds to talk to the person. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. It's yeah. something I hadn't thought about. I guess my only response to that really would be as like a, Something that doesn't work for me is maybe you should fucking do your own show. Fuck off. This is mine. You ever think about that? Go make go write your own thing if it's so easy, Grant. Well, I, I am working on my own project. <laughs> What's it called? Oh, I can't tell you. What's See, it this about? Is, this is the issue that you have. You just gave it all away. <laughs> oh my God. Are you doing your own version of Adamo and the Reef? Oh, I'm doing a much better version. <laughs> well, is it still Adamo? Because you've been your whole thing is that it shouldn't be Adamo. Oh, it's not Adamo. Who is it? You can at least tell me. I'm not telling you anything. Well, your friend, I'm going to... I'll sign something. I just want to know. Nope. Okay. I'm, I, you'll, you'll see it. Is it Scotty Wynn? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a consultant on the project. But I bet he is. Yeah. So the character's kind of like, baby, baby. I, I mean, that's, baby. There, is a, there is a character named Baby, and Scotty <laughs> Wynn named that character. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, yeah, Diamond on the Reap. Are, are they still po- cops in your... Uh, we're forced to live together. They're firefighters, but then yeah. there's a time when the uh, the municipality runs out of money, and so they have to be cops too. I mean, that's pretty normal in Australia. I think firefighters have guns anyway in Australia. Right? Um, yeah, babies of, have guns in Australia. Yeah, I mean, because of kangaroos. Kangaroos are dangerous. They actually are. Man. I know. They fight their muscles. They will punch you out, and they will drag you into the bush and eat you eventually. I don't know about that part. Well, they will drag you into the bush. I don't know if they'll eat you. They'll also drown you. Do never get into a lake yeah. with a kangaroo, it's as true. it turns out. If a yep. kangaroo is in the lake, don't get in the fucking lake. That's my life-saving advice today for everyone out there. You're welcome. It's good to know. Yep. And I know this because as I've been studying my Adamo and the Reap, you know, world building. Is that stuff. one of the episodes of Plot Point where somebody's drowned is. by a kangaroo? No. Someone is almost drowned by a kangaroo. And they think for a while the kangaroo is the killer. Ah. <laughs> you know, the Reap is sure it's the kangaroo. Not to give this one away, but it's not the kangaroo. Okay. okay. Is it an animal or is it a human? It's always a human in the end. It's, this is, we're Scooby-Dooing the hell out of this. It's always a human. Oh, it's live-action Scooby-Doo. It's not, but it's the idea, you know, we always blame it on an animal. It turns out it's a human because it can be a tarantula. There's so many deadly animals, a scorpion, and it turns out it's always a human who poisoned a, you know, someone or drowned the person yeah. or whatever it is they did. And the reap, the reap never gets it right? It's also never... It's not always death, to be clear. It's not always like a murder show. This isn't, this isn't a procedural. This is a comedy... This is not a procedural. <laughs> this is a comedy that's breezy, you know? It's got whim. It's got vigor. It's got whimsy. You see what I'm saying? I feel like you're mixing too many flavors, man. I feel like you don't get my vision. (laughs) The thing is, you've been chopping this since 2016 when you said you had a completed project. Netflix, I really believe it's perfect for them. And you have believed that for how long? Well, you said 2016. So so. six years. I mean, and really, I've been believed that even longer. And you're just trying to convince yourself, like, the cogs just move slowly over there. (laughs) Hey, Watership Down which is one of the more famous books of all time, was rejected 44 times before a book publisher finally published it. So whatever, man. I'm just, this is the process. Yeah, okay. Do you know how many times Breaking Bad, Vince Gilligan got kicked out of an office when he 
chapter on Breaking Bad? No, I don't. I don't think any. I think he immediately sold it to <laughs> I don't think he had any problems with that. Yeah. But, but maybe not. Maybe not. You know, it was probably a tough sell in the beginning, you know, like... I think if you just switch... You, you got to take the criticism, man. Switch from Adamo. You got to go somewhere else. But the face, the face Adamo makes, that, like, weird, like, puckered face thing. Yeah. I need that. You're I got to have that. You're too obsessed with that. <laughs> Seifer can do a version of that. Yeah, he actually can. He's funnier, too. Now, to be clear, these, are, of course, won't be the actors in the show, right? Oh, like, well... The you, Reap you have, ain't playing the Reap. Oh, he has to. There's... See, we... You go ahead and do your own show. And go ahead and take all my ideas. It doesn't matter. You have no chance. Oh, yeah. This is going to go great. Stephen Chidwick as Stephen Chidwick. Who else can play Stephen Chidwick? Do you know Charlie Chaplin? Maybe Kevin Garnett. <laughs> Maybe, actually. It's <laughs> yeah. interesting. It's a, it's a cool idea, actually. Um, Charlie Chaplin entered a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest. Got back fourth in the day. or something. Finished third, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's what's going to happen here, buddy. Like, there are people to play Chidwick who are better than Chidwick at Chidwick. That's what I'm saying. It, it it's a reap thing. <laughs> it's a reap thing. Okay. Yeah, but I'm on the reap. All right, all episodes now streaming on Crackle. <laughs> <laughs> so I so can't Kevin, wait to say that phrase. So Kevin Garnett's gonna play the reap. Yeah, who's gonna play Adamo? Willem Dafoe, I think, is a good choice. Willem Dafoe is a bold choice. <laughs> it's a bold choice. Yeah. He's going to have to play a little young, but we have de-aging stuff You're going, you're going age-blind with your casting. I mean, no one else outside the poker world really knows what's up with Adamo in terms of his age anyway. Yeah, but once it becomes an international hit, people are going to want to know the background. Yeah, but that's okay. They'll, they'll forgive it. They'll be like, you know what? I'm glad they didn't try and just keep it you know, perfect to the actual story. I've been enjoying this more. It's more dramatic. The actual way. story, because this is based in reality. <laughs> because these guys actually are cops. And, we were and, forced to live together. And, and, and Stephen Chubbuck actually has slight supernatural abilities. And they're always solving animal-related crime. <laughs> Which always ends up being a human who it. It always does. Yeah, yeah. You know. And I would have gotten away for it, too, if it weren't for you. Poker players, yeah. you meddling cop poker players. <laughs> and I'm not so sure about the supernatural ability. I'm not, I'm not taking that on. You, you can do that in your tree. You don't think the show would be better if, if, the, if the Reap could talk to the dead for 10 seconds? This ain't the CW, son, okay? You couldn't Everyone... get on the CW if you had a billion dollars <laughs> and offered it to them. They wouldn't take you. I, don't, I wouldn't want to be on there for a trillion, okay? <laughs> okay. So, yeah, that's enough. Our international yeah. audience is completely lost on that. Creative one. differences we yeah. have, you and I. The CW as... is like a off-brand network, yeah, like a, like the sixth network or something like that. No, it's not unimpressive, and it's only like teen shows essentially. Like. Yeah. Anyway, okay, all right, we did it. <laughs> you're you're through. You're done. I'm done with the Adam on the Reap stuff. Okay, yeah. bit completed. All right, it was worth it was worth going into. It was. It was. Yeah, I enjoyed the Adam on the Reap stuff. Speaking of Adam on the Reap. Let's uh, maybe you've looked at this too recently. Have you looked at their Hendons recently? Um, uh, oh, do you have it up? Is that yeah, I want to do oh, a okay. reverse game. Oh no, I have not looked at them recently. All right, but My, I have I have reasonable guesses. Yeah, of I course, because we've talked about these guys a yeah. lot. But let's try. Okay, Michael Adamo, Hendon Mob, twenty nine million. Way off. Is it much less? Oh, much less. Yeah. Really, nineteen point five. Okay, whatever. Um, Chitty? and Chidwick. So Michael Adamo, I just want to talk a bit oh, more yeah. about his Hendon. He, of course, had that massive summer and fall of 2021, but then he didn't have any caches on Hendon until April 2022. Maybe he took a little break. Um, but then in May, which is when we're recording this, 13th of May, he got first in yeah. the Triton event number one in Madrid and first, uh, well, I'm not, and then another, <laughs> another amount is, was made. <laughs> 
<laughs> it wasn't a scorpion. I'm just going to say at the beginning of the yeah. show, it was the guy, it was the <laughs> landlord, okay? Enjoy your show, people. Right. Great anyway, job. So he's done well in the Triton. Yeah, um, yeah. Stephen Chidwick has a very impressive hand in, in 2022. Oh, in 2022. I was going to, can I guess the number? Yeah, first? let's guess the number. 38 and a half. That's pretty close. He's closer to 41. Okay. He's fourth all-time money list. Sounds about right. But in 2022, he's he's had so many scores. It's it's crazy, and they're mostly in high rollers. But he's also he plays like 5K six maxes. Mm-hmm. He's won two 5K six maxes in EPTs, which is you know like that's going to be a tough field. I mean, how many people are in those fields? Um, Still pretty small. So like I think. Uh, first was like 80K. In, yeah, so. so it's not that big. It's 16 buy-ins. Yeah, but it's still it's still quite impressive that he can. I mean, when you're saying these, those fields are tough, he's always plays the toughest yeah, yeah. fields. No, he is the tough field. He's he, the toughest part of the tough field. Yeah, he is. He so, is. like, to him, this is what I said once. Um, this is an actual quote. So I was playing in a 40-80 game. This is mm-hmm. limit hold'em, to be clear, so it's not as big as it sounds. But, you know, what everyone's buying in for, like, 2500 bucks or something like that. It's playing, this is a number of years ago now. And uh, this is a game I did very well in back in the day. And I had a guy sitting next to me who was also a pro who played in that game. And he turned to me at one point in this, at, that night, and he said, this is a really tough table. And I said, man, when you're Godzilla, everybody looks like Mothra. <laughs> I was talking about myself as yeah. Godzilla in that way. And he just sort of laughed and like we continued on, which to some degree, I think this is just a Stephen yeah. Chidwick's experience. Like, okay, sure, there's the Michael Adamos of the world. There's always going to be guys who are roughly equivalent to you. Yeah. But everyone else, even the guys who are really, really tough and good, actually are not nearly as good as you. And you're, you're very yeah. comfortable playing all the online wizards who, you know, you and I would really struggle. Like, like Jesus Christ, this fucking table. For Chidwick, it's just another Tuesday. Right, of course. Well, let me, let me just read you the list of his scores in the year okay. in the year 2022, and we're recording this in late May, so it's five, this is five months of scores on Hendon. Great. Uh, $51,000 on a 15K, 32K on a 10K, 96K on a 25K, 56K on a 25K, 87K on a 5K, 53K on a 10K, 136K on a 15K. 98K on a 25K, 188 on a 50, 231 on a 50, 95 on a 50, 277 on a 25, 84 on a 5, uh, 1.4 on a 75, and 277 on a 50. That's like a lot of money in profit, most likely. It is, but if you just knock out like three of those, he might be losing money. He might be. Because if he's playing a lot of these tournaments, you know, like... Like 3xing your buy-in is, of course, not terrible or anything like that. But you know, if you're play- if you're cashing one every four tournaments, you're just breaking even when you 3x your buy-in once, right? So, so it's 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 hard to have a really good sense of what that number means. Clearly, he's way up because of some of those really big part scores. And of course, he's always a threat to win the tournament. Unlike a lot of people who are barely a threat to win right. the tournament, right? What do you think a player like Michael Adamo or Stephen Drew? Let's put them in the same category. Sure. What do you think? Assuming they play a full schedule of what they would like to play. What is what's their annual expected value in tournaments, live tournaments? Well, let's profit. let's start with how much do we think they're putting in? Uh, okay, just, just roughly. Roughly, so the, are, they're playing all the big buy-in stuff. It looks like I would guess they're putting in. Could it be a million a month? It might be five hundred k a month. It's probably not a million a month because there's going to be some much. months where there aren't any big yeah, high level events. I think so. They I might average so. three hundred to five hundred k a month, something like that. I think I think somewhere around five million dollars in buy-ins in the years is at least a reasonable guess. Yeah, I yeah. don't know if it's true. It could be a lot more than that, like you're saying. But uh, I think let's assume it's five million, so we have something to work off of to come up with an ROI. How much? Are, what's their expected value at the end of the year? 
I don't really know. Is it, it can't be a crazy amount, right? It's probably something like, this is going to disappoint you when I say this number, but I'm going to guess it's like $550,000, $600,000, something like that. You think it's that? I I was going to say something like $3 million, but maybe I'm way off. You think they have a 60% ROI? I don't think that's possible. Yeah, maybe not. You're right. I think mine is mine is over ten percent ROI. I would think that's very hard to do. These are mostly rake free events they're playing, yeah, which helps a lot. Yeah. Um, actually, imagine it. if they're playing raked events where the five percent is getting raked, and you've got a eleven percent ROI that just knocks your profit in half just just because of the rake. So right. to be able to avoid that's incredible. But even eleven percent, I think, is really hard to do on these fields. And I don't know if it's possible. I I like. Adamo, I'm sure, has been running that hot, but you're talking about expected value, not what he's done from here on out. I don't I, know if it's easy to have 11%. I think it's possible that their ROIs could be bigger than that. I don't know. I mean, I, I think know. this is anecdotal, and I don't have data to back it up, but the numbers in my head that back when mm-hmm. Johnny Bax was, was backing a bunch of people online, the ROI he would look for over a sample size was 17%, and he found lots of them. Right, but those guys were playing... Much smaller events with a lot of, you know, fishy, fishy. I mean, who do you think makes up these tournaments? Like, they're not at the final tables, but maybe half the fields in these Tritons are whales. I don't know about half, but but fair enough. There's a lot of who are the who are the sixty pros playing in these things? I mean, it's not sixty. I mean, I'm not going to be able to name them. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, Okay, you know what? That is fair. That there's a lot of just rich dudes playing in this, and that's going to make it better. Um, The thing is, of course, all the money's at the top. And when you get down to the last 10 players, it's mostly going to be populated with really good guys who are... Yeah. So, so it isn't like you can... Like, it's really rare to be like look around with five players left and be like, I am by far the best player left, you know, which, of course, is something you and I sometimes experience. Yeah. Um, and a lot of players, I'm sure, experience that. And it's great in a tournament to have, mm-hmm. that, to have that thought. Or I'm one of... What's well, me and one other guy and everyone else is like clearly not on the same level. Um, it's really hard to ever experience that, that in the Triton at this point, I would say. Yeah, probably. Um, and I would also argue at this point that even the fish, the businessmen, for the most part, aren't terrible anymore. They're not like Bill Perkins circa 2014 I mean, anymore. To Stephen Chidwick and Michael Adamo, okay. they are nothing. Sort of like what I was talking about, Bill yeah. Godzilla and Rothwell. Of course they are. But I'm saying they're not giving it away to the degree that they used to be, which is going to no. cut down on your ROI too, right? Yeah. It's going to cut down on your expected value pretty significantly if Paul Fua now knows, like, don't just fucking call it off with Ace Queen in this spot, you know, like because someone raised and someone else jammed. Like you don't just always call it off. There's a lot of other factors in play here, and he he knows that now. These guys have learned to be tighter and more careful because they actually want to win. You know, the businessmen. There's a point when they, I think they were yoloing, and I think those guys have pretty much washed out. Yeah. There's obviously always going to be some of those guys, but yeah, I think a lot of that's washed out. And the ones who who are more grizzled and been around, like really want to win and are trying to their damnedest to win. And they're smart, competitive guys, so they get better. Like, Bill Perkins got better when he was challenged by uh, Landon Tice as, as a bit of an example, right? Not to say that he ever caught up to Landon Tice, but instead of being 10 big blinds per 100 worse, he was like three big blinds per 100 worse. So if you think Adamo and Chidwick and players like that, which I think we would agree are the top-tier tournament players, yes. there's not a tier above that. I agree. Um, if you think their expected value on an annual basis is 500K on 5 million worth of buy-ins, is that too risky of a living? Is that possible to sustain? Like, does one bad year kill you? I mean, obviously, you can get backers no matter what. I mean, these guys all have backers, and they all swap like crazy to, like, even it out. But then if you end up in makeup, it kind of ruins you for life. Most of these guys end up in makeup. Like, the very top-tier guys who go on these big runs don't. Everybody else is in makeup, essentially, right? I suppose That's what it is. I mean, I don't... Sam Greenwood had that really big year and change. I don't know if Sam Green was in makeup right now. He very well might be, for all yeah, I know. Yeah, all of this is kind of disheartening to me, because like, yeah. I agree with what you're saying, but 
it's kind of as if, and I've said this before on the podcast, but the high roller scene is kind of fraudulent, right? Like, yep. It's different than, than the 5K, 10K scene, which a lot of people have, you know, backers and that, but a lot of people don't, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are like just putting their money up and, and making reasonable money and risking what they can afford to risk. Whereas that's almost impossible for a poker player to risk what they can afford to risk if they are traveling to every Triton and playing every event in every Triton. Like no poker player can actually afford to risk that unless they're rich from something else, mm-hmm. which feels, it feels fraudulent. I also think that there's something else going on here. There's, there's other ways to make money for these guys. Like, when you're, if you can break even effectively on all the Tritons and be, like, a name player... You get Supernova Elite? You get Supernova Elite. I mean, that was worth, like, yeah, you know, 100 150K. Yeah. Yeah, I, remember, I remember doing the math on that back in the day. Um, like, then you get invited to these cash games, and I think the cash games are probably where all the money's really made for these guys. Like, that's... You know, Tom Dwan never plays the Tritons or rarely plays the Tritons, yeah. but he plays in all the cash games, right? Right. Um, Jason Kuhn is there. Well, he does play the Tritons. I think he's really there for the cash games. I think everyone's there for the cash games because that's where you're going to get much more opportunity. Everyone's going to be much deeper and stay deeper. Yeah. Right? You can, you can just exercise a tremendous amount of leverage uh, with your skill, and you get to play forever, right? Essentially, like the game never ends. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're better than these guys, you will see profit over time. So I think there's another piece that goes along with this yeah. potential big upside where you can have a really big year or two once in a while or, or hit at some big scores. But I think, yeah, as long as you can get close to even, you're fine if you're good. Assuming you're right. like, whatever, not to use this guy as a great example, but Jake Schindler comes to mind as a guy who's out there. And Perfect example. I know, I know. Um, what about Ali Imsirovich? <laughs> Bryn Kenny. Chris. Uh, Mike Possle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bad, it was a bad example. You're right, you're right. Jason Kuhn's a much, much cleaner, better example, yeah. clearly. Um, so, so I don't know. Um, I, maybe we're wrong, and maybe the ROAs are higher. Maybe you're right. Um, but I just, I tend to doubt it. Uh, it's really hard to have strong ROIs in tournaments that last for a long time, especially when you're talking about being at the top, because everyone's going to take a sh- All the best players in the world, if they think you're making mistakes, are going to come after you. Yeah. Like, they're all, and they're all like, especially now where everything gets streamed, everyone can see everything Michael Adamo is doing and, pl- and learn to counter that. Now, it's been a year and change for Michael Nobody's Adamo. Nobody's countering it yet. Well, I don't know if that's true. He was winning everything, and now he wins sometimes, right? He's not winning at the same rate. He might have just taken a break. He also may have just gotten a little less hot, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a bunch of things. Um, he was running, obviously, super hot before, yeah. right? It isn't just that he was playing great. It was, it was probably a combination of those of things. Of course. But he loses, you lose some of your edge when you are on top in these things because you are the person everyone's studying and talking about. You yeah. don't think those guys are all talking about, like, Adamo's killing us. Like, what's he doing? Mm-hmm. What's our counters? Of course they are. That's, that's the only thing they're talking about, I would think, like, when they all hang out. Like, not well, the only thing, but one of the main, one of the main maybe, topics. Maybe, maybe they were talking about, like, Better Call Saul Season 6 a little bit. I mean, I would be talking about that. Maybe, but. like, the, uh, the WeWork show. It's a great show. We Crashed. Yeah. It's, it's a recommend. Absolutely. Both those are, obviously, very strong recommends. Yeah. A lot, lot of good shows these days on television. Let's just And they're talking about them. They are talking about like, them. Don't bring up Adamo and the Reap. I am interested. I, I've, I'm, I'm behind on the show, and I, I'm completely caught up. I'm now doing Gilbert Gottfried. I'm, <laughs> I'm better call Saul. Let's talk about that. That's not Gilbert Gottfried at all. No. No, I'm doing like a you don't weird... Think, you don't think Scott Seaver and fucking Phil Galfond are at the bar in Monaco talking about severance instead of these uh, motherfucking guys? Of yeah. course they're talking about severance. Of course they are. But these guys study constantly. And so what do you think they're studying? You know, they're studying severance. solver work. And they're studying, like, the guys who are beating them. Yeah. That's what they're studying, right? Yeah. Dom on the Reap. Dom on the Reap. All right. Let's fucking get to it. Okay. Finally. Yep. Finally. All right. This was suggested by Ruthino. Quite a streak. Yep. Doing great. Uh, 
Wesley Cannon's going to do the solver work on this. We have not seen it. We will take a look at that after our analysis and come back and report what it says. Great. Let's do this then. Yes. All right. So 150K, 300K, we are heads up. They have made a deal. It's not entirely clear what the deal was. It's hard to figure out based on what ends up happening. Yeah. But um, a deal was made when Adamo had eight blinds and Chidwick had 40 blinds. It seems like they're playing for something like 50,000 euro in the title. Some, somewhere between 50 and 100,000 yeah. euro in the title, which is not insignificant. And of course, they care about beating each other heads up and all Yeah. And stuff. of course, this is a buy in to another event, you know, that they're playing. I mean, they care. Yeah, but they've locked up a good amount of money. They've locked up. Uh, they've locked up seven figures, right? Uh, seven figure euros. Yeah, it's pretty good. It yeah, is. They're 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 feeling fine. They're feeling quite good, and uh, yeah. So Chidwick did have that five to one chip lead that I mentioned, and mm-hmm. Adamo had eight blinds. But now we're we're deeper into the heads up, and Adamo has captured the chip lead. He's got seven point one million to Chidwick's four point nine, just because he's always coming for you, even if you're the Slim Reaper, you can't escape. That's, yeah, ad- that's why you have to partner up with him. Right, that's I actually true. Crimes. If you can't beat them, join them. It's a classic. Kangaroo-related crimes. I thought it was all animals. It's just kangaroos. No, 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 no. But their specialty is kangaroos. Obviously, they're going to do all animals because it's the show. they got to deal with those dinner plate-sized spiders and stuff in Australia. Let me say this one more time because I feel like it's not getting through. This is not a procedural grant. <laughs> so how many... Okay, so it, so how many episodes in a season? Um. Where it's between eight and ten, probably eight. Eight, okay. Yeah. And how many? How long is each episode? Forty-eight minutes. Okay. Is it one murder per season, kind of like True Detective? No, no. That's oh my god, I cannot. Uh, it's like watching paint dry. So is it one murder per episode? No, that's a procedural. It's somewhere in between, Grant. Sometimes one murder per two episodes. <laughs> sometimes there's a murder. Sometimes. You know, it's a much smaller funny thing. Like, oh, no, some paint was stolen. We think it was a scorpion. Go get him, guys. And then, you know, Adam on the roof, try and figure it out. And then episode six, you're just going to throw him a curveball and just do like yeah. a talkie diner scene It's it, for the whole thing. Like a My Dinner with Andre type yeah, thing. Yeah. My Dinner with Adamo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. We'll have nothing to do with the rest of it. <laughs> but, you know. I mean, that's exciting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the finale. I have plans for the finale. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's when they finally, you know. Realize what's really going on. Oh, yeah, what's going know. on? I can't tell you. Okay, of course. Anyway, maybe we could do the hand now. Okay, fine. All right, so it was 150K, 300K. Yeah. Adamo's got the chip lead. Now he's got 7.1 million. He's in the button small blind. With, with Queen Deuce of Clubs, he's going to limp. Okay. Chidwick's in the big blind with his 4.9 million. So he is the effective stack with uh, like 16, 16 17 blinds. He checks the big blind with 6-4 offsuit. Six of hearts, four spades. Yep. The flop. Is eight of spades, four of clubs, deuce of hearts, a little something for everybody. Do you always bet this is Chidwick? Um, not always. Uh, I think it's reasonable to bet it, but I think Adamo's the kind of guy who's going to bet a lot. Yeah. Take a lot of shots, and it's fine to like check call too. Yeah. But I'm going to bet, th- I'm going to min bet this a fair amount. Yeah. I think my preferred action is to bet. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Or are you more, more splitting? Uh, I'm, I'm splitting depending on my opponent's, you know, bluff frequency yeah. a bit. But, but I'm still betting a fair amount, no matter how bluffy they are. The thing, of course, is that you don't really want to get raised. And so, you know, like, this isn't the kind of hand you necessarily want to go with, right? Right. Um, I mean, if you get raised, it's kind of a tough board to rep much on. Like, I mean, he limped in, but he might just be raising top pair. Yeah. And we only have 16 blinds. Like, yeah. he can get it in with top pair very comfortably. That's true. Um, and there's a lot of straight draws. Of course, we block some of them, so... Maybe we just decide, like, we have to fold this hand. So, so maybe this hand plays slightly better as a check call. I don't know. Due to stack size, perhaps yeah. you're correct. 
Can't be that bad to bet, though. No. Anyway, he checks. Okay. Adamo, are you ever checking back as Adamo with bottom pair? Sometimes I am, for similar reasons, actually. Like, if there's guys who I'll check back on because they're going to take so many shots on turn and river when I check this, whether they have it or not, that it feels like it's... I, I both preserve the pot size, you know, I, I keep pot control, and also induce bluffs at the same time. Um, of course, you do give them their equity. Right, you're, you're, so, pretty, you're pretty vulnerable with this hand. Of course. So it's I not, think it's fine to bet, but... The bluffier the opponent, the more apt I am to check back something like this. Yeah, but mostly it's going to be a turn card that you have no idea if it oh. hit your opponent or not. No, we're just going to have to call. You're just going to have to call turn and river? Depending on the yeah. opponent. Yeah. I think I prefer a bet here. Uh, Adamo is going to bet. He mm-hmm. bets 300K yep. into the 900K pot. The min bet. Yep. And uh, Chidwick calls. Sure. Is there an argument for raising to get it in? Yep. There has to be, right? Maybe it matters what how good of a four you have, though. Like ace four is a better, much better thing to get raised to get it in with. Also, the six four, the six specifically blocks some of the straight draws that Damo could have that we kind of want him to have right now, right? Because yeah. we're, we're happy to get a fold. We don't want a snap call. Yeah, a six blocks some of the more obvious fold stuff um, and doesn't block any of the snap calls. So that's maybe a reason to call a little bit more. Yeah, obviously yeah. Damo could just have total air here too. We're still, right, by the way, right back in the same spot of um, we're going to have to figure it out if we just call, yep. right? which is okay, Yeah, but that's the deal. Well, Chidwick calls. Okay. I'm fine with that. Seems very reasonable. Pot's 1.5 million. Yeah. Nitro betting is 1.5 million times as good as the rest of your life. What? Yeah. That's a lot. I know. That's why you use the link in the description when you sign up for Nitro Betting, because otherwise it's only 1.3 million times as good. It's like four and a half orders of magnitude it's greater than anything else in my life? Yeah. I, I have a hard time buying that. You're going to have to sell me on that one, Grant. Okay, well, guess what? What? The poker guys. What? Yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't ready if for If you that. use the link, you're <laughs> part of the poker guys people. Yeah. That means you're part of an exclusive club. That gets access to cool stuff, including the Poker Guys Monthly Tournament. Yep, it doesn't cost you anything, does it? No, it doesn't, and it's very easy to sign up. And even if you signed up for Nitrogen Sports in the past, you got to sign up for Nitro Betting now to get access to that tournament. That's where that tournament has moved to, along with the other cool stuff that they right. do, like Free March Madness that has actual payouts and free football stuff that has actual payouts. They also do bracketization of everything. Yeah. They'll bracketize your life. Of course, just they ask have, them how they have their deposit bonuses 100% up to 25 millibits for poker, casino games, and sports betting. That's like $750 of matching for each one. Kind of cool as well. Um, they also don't have any of those weird arcane rules that some of the other places will get you in when they do those deposit bonuses. We're like, you can't withdraw any of your money until you run the whole thing through. You, the bonus money, you can't withdraw, but you can withdraw your own money at any time. These guys are like solid in a way that a lot of those other casinos are not, to yeah. be clear. Yeah, we like them at Nitro yeah. Betting. And They've they, been a sponsor for a billion six years. years at this point. Yeah, one billion Almost years. five and a half years. So, yeah, we, we like them. They like us. Yeah, so get in there and get you some poker. Get you some sports betting. Do whatever you want because it's, it's a cornucopia of delights. That's right. You'll be doing the wave yeah. with your closest friends. But not with your enemies because nobody wants to do the wave with your enemies. Have you ever done the wave like at a stadium? Then you look down the row and you're like, I don't like that guy who just did the wave mm. after I did the wave. And that kind of sullied my wave and it made me feel dirty. The only way to do the wave with your enemies is to hook up a system of strings and pulleys and stuff like that and to their corpse. Uh-huh. And then when you do the wave, it sort of makes them do the wave too. And then, but you know that you have the satisfaction of knowing that you've killed them. <laughs> <laughs> and so then it's okay to doing the wave. With is this enemies. a thing that you've done before? Uh, it's 
I'll just say this. It's season one, episode five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a major plot point in season one, episode right. five. The wave. You would, and somehow it looks like the whole time it was a tarantula, but it, I'll just say this. It was the innkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You just gave that one away, huh? Yeah, but, yeah. One, you know. one for free. Yeah, it's going to be a while before it comes out. No one's going to remember. Yeah. Yeah. The Wave is a weird movie, by the way, if you haven't heard of it. it's With Justin Long? Justin Long. I think it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I think it is. I haven't seen it. It's just like about a weird drug-induced stupor that Justin Long experiences. And it's actually kind of good. Is it? I kind of like, like it. Any movie that or TV show that does like drug-induced stuff is almost never interesting to me. Try it. No. There's... <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a time dilation element to it. Oh, that's a little more interesting yeah. to me. Okay, that's yeah. slightly more interesting. It, 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 I would recommend it. Okay, uh, it's weird. It it's you know not perfect, but I like it. Anyway, let's get to the hand. Okay, eight of spades, four of clubs, deuce of hearts was the flop that went uh, check bet call. Chidwick with six four is the caller, and Adama with queen deuce of clubs is the bettor. Sure. The turn is the three of clubs. A little something for everybody. Chidwick picks up a gut shot. Six would uh, make mm-hmm. a straight with a five now. And Adamo picks up the queen high flush draw to go along with bottom pair. Yep. Jidwick checks. Okay. I don't really see much else to do at this point, right? All right. What do you do with this hand as Michael Adamo? I think this is a really close spot. I agree. Uh, like, you could say, well, we check back because we have showdown value and this and that. Um, we don't have that much showdown value really, though, right? Because if Chidwick had a hand like ace a seven or king queen hands that he might call with that are not made hands. He almost certainly would have jammed those preflop. Yeah. So almost everything he has is beating us at this point. Right. So we do, but we pick up some equity and we've got the big stack and we could sort of ask a question of the, like, do you really want to put all your chips in right ah, now? A Socratic bet. Yeah, indeed. So- indeed. Socrates. So- thank you. Yeah. Um, and we'll see if we get what kind of Aristotelian response we get. Yeah. Right. Um, I think we could do that, and that's an interesting idea. Now, the other side of it is to say, like, we've got a reputation as being the guy who just puts a lot of chips in no matter what. We're wielding a big stack, and, and we're only playing for 50,000 euro, which for everyone else in the world is a huge amount of money. For these guys, after just having locked up, like, 1.2 million each or something like that or whatever it is, they may be a little more YOLOing than they otherwise might be. There, there could be a small element there of that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Chilwick yeah. may be a little bit more willing to, to call it off in this spot. Um, so I don't know. Like, I like the thing that, the thing that really is running through my mind though is the whole Sean wintering of the whole situation. Right? Ah, the of keeping like, the options open. Like, don't I want to be able to potentially rep stuff on the river and not just like, sure. If we hit the club, great. If we hit a deuce, great. Yeah. But beyond that, like if I go bet shove, I don't know. Is he really just going to call? Maybe he is. Cause he's Chidwick and he is not afraid to. And we're a Dom owner rep is that we do this a lot. I don't know. Like, I think we could bet here if we wanted to, very reasonably. Do you, do you think we're ever ahead as a Damo after Tudwick calls the flop? Now that the three has come on the turn, incredibly rarely. You the could have three a weaker, make some straight draws, yeah, um, to like make pairs and stuff. Make pairs or make straights. Yep. Um, I mean, he could have a weaker deuce. That's the way we're ahead, right? Because he just checked out of the yes. big blind. Yes, but then are we even going to get value out of that by betting? I don't probably think. not. There's so, probably folding. So we'd have three outs, like two outs probably, because a club is no good. Um, so like. We can give him his two outs, yeah. and then maybe we get value on the river. That's a that's a pretty good reason to to check. Actually, I think Sean Wintering might not be worth it here. Yeah, it's not a spot to Sean Winter. Yeah, and Adamo agrees. He checks back. Okay, so where do you think this caps Adamo when he checks back? He doesn't really have an eight anymore. No, he doesn't have a straight or anything like that. No, he doesn't have two parents. So so yeah. So it's we're down to capping him at. I guess. 
a four feels like the most obvious thing to cap him at. Yep. Maybe maybe fours with straight draws are the most likely because then they block Chidwick's straight draws, and those are hands that you can beat that might continue against you, so you don't want to block those. So maybe he would bet like ace four if he had ace four. Something that doesn't block the straight yeah. draws. Yeah. Got it. Um, I guess ace four does block straight draws. No, but, but Chidwick never has an ace. never has an so, ace. No, yeah. it's fives and sixes yeah. are, the, are the things you'd be. Yeah. Four, five, four, six, right? Yeah. Um, I guess four, seven also similarly, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so so having not that is what you're saying is you'd want to have any four that isn't isn't doesn't have a five six or seven in it basically yeah. you think is the top of the line more more for betting like I'd rather bet those than the ones that block the straight draws right 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 because then there's more things that Chib- of course Chibwick may play those straight draws aggressively now we'd have to call off but we might be calling yeah off we might before. be just calling yeah, we off. go back call yeah. yeah in fact we probably are yeah now that I think about it because like Chibwick's often going to play an eight aggressively on the flop right you'd think so yeah. You think so? Uh, all of a sudden, with Adamo checking, what do you think Chidwick, resp- his response should be if Adamo were to bet, like, you know, a big, chunky turn bet, like 1.2 million into 1.5? I mean, what's Adamo repping? Ad- Adamo's repping an eight, essentially. An eight, a straight, two pair. Yeah. We probably can't fold. We block some of the straight stuff. We, um, we have a reasonable hand. Adamo could be just blasting off because he's the guy who sometimes... He may have clubs and be, like, just taking a shot. Here. Yeah. Um, it feels to me... Also, he could have, like, a weird five mm-hmm. that now turned open-ended out of nowhere. Yeah. Right? Um, I don't think we can fold this hand. Do you think we call or jam? Might as well jam. Yeah, just to clean up the equity? Yeah. Like, if he's got us, he's going to put it in on the river, right? I guess there could be some cards that save us, but, like, we're so short... Let's like if if he just folds right now, that's not a bad outcome. If he puts in a chunky bet and folds, that's a perfectly good outcome for us. As oh yeah, we don't need a double up. We love a double up, but like that that's, that involves risk. Yeah. Um, if he just folds, we get a nice pot after he puts in a chunky bet on the turn. Mm-hmm. I say, yeah, I, th- I think we just check shove. Boy, if that's what we're doing with Chidwick, this check by Adamo looks beautiful. Right, because then it, it's a really uncomfortable position for for Adamo. If he were to bet one point two million and Chidwick were to shove for four point three million, it's like uh, the price is like borderline. You're not supposed to call. I don't think. Yeah, probably you're definitely not. behind. Right, you're I should defin- say definitely. You're almost definitely behind. You're almost definitely behind. You probably have fourteen outs. Once, maybe you might have fourteen. You may not. Well, because the queen, I guess, usually is going to make you the best, the best yeah. two pair. Yeah, you're right. Almost always 14 outs. But once in a while, he's got a straight. Yeah, then you have nine outs. Uh, yeah, which isn't too bad, but like, ugh, the whole thing sucks. Yeah. So we either have to put in a chunky enough bet that we're committed, which is hard to do because the pot is just so small relative to Chidwick's stack. Right. Um, or maybe a check just makes sense here. Yep. Check's okay. making more and more sense. I like, boy, yeah. This went from like, it's close to being like, I guess it isn't close based on how Chidwick would have to respond with yeah. his hand. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Cool. Adamo is just really good at poker, huh? It seems like it. Seems like he might be. Maybe his ROI is 12%. Whereas Come on. Chidwick's sitting on 11.5 over there. And you're absurd. They're both like 11.4. 11.4? Not even 11.5? No way. You are a hater, man. You are. They hate us because they ain't oh, us. My heroes are the greatest ever. That's Grant Dennison. Damian Lillard should go to space. That's you. <laughs> should go to space? <laughs> yeah. That so, would be cool. Would it be? Don't you think they? Now that you've said it, don't you think they mean the Lord should go to space? See, I told don't you. you think he should? <laughs> I do not. Why? 
What is he going to do in space for anybody? Shoot a basketball. Anyone could do that. But he will make it. <laughs> <laughs> Damian Lillard, for those who don't know, is a basketball player on Grant's favorite team, the Portland Trailblazers. He's yes. the big star. Anyway, here we go. Okay, River. Everything's going to go crazy. Eight of spades, four of clubs, deuce of hearts, three of clubs is the board. Chidwick has four, six off. Adamo has queen, deuce of clubs. What's the sickest card on the river? Uh, six of clubs? No. It's the five of clubs. Five of clubs. Makes a straight and a flush, but that doesn't come because that'd be too... No, it's the ace of clubs. That's a more interesting card. It's the ace of clubs. So, of course, Adamo makes the second nuts. That's pretty nice. Um, Chidwick, is it actually second nuts? It's not. It's not because it's it's straight flush. Ace three four is out there, yeah. Okay. But whatever. It's a a good hand. It's the third nuts. (laughs) Yeah. Because he's got the deuce of clubs, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's the third nuts. Chidwick can, of course, do nothing but check. It would be very strange to bet. We think we're ahead, though, as Chidwick now, right? That's when, when Adamo checks back, yeah. Yeah, like Adamo could have an ace, but he actually is going to move in a lot pre with the ace Yeah. anyway. Um, we're usually ahead. All right. Well, it's not a terrible card for us. This is what Michael Adamo is going to do after Stephen Chidwick checks. He's going to just go all in. Just <laughs> 4.3 million into 1.5 million. Chidwick's effective stack. By the way, it's not like a small amount of Adamo stack either. It's right. A, it's a chunk of Adamo stack if he gets called off. It sure is. Yeah. It sure is at this point. This is really wild. This is something Adamo has really, I feel like, taken to the next level. These like massive overbets, um, both with value and with bluffs. These like two, three X pot. It's a, it's three X pot. It's I nearly three X pot. This pot was really not a big deal. This pot had five blinds in it, and now suddenly it's gonna. Have, if we if we were to call it off, which we'll see if we can even do that, but suddenly we're talking about having. It's being a 35 blind pot or something like that, you know, right. like out of nowhere. And it's, it's like, come on, man. It's obviously difficult to determine the philosophical underpinnings of Michael Adamo's game and what makes him different and special in this moment of poker. But it seems that one element is um, not regarding convention as far as pot size and yes. size. Yes, absolutely. He's like, if I'm going to be polarized, I might as well be very polarized. Like, why are, we, why are we using the pot size to determine so much? Exactly. Like, maybe, maybe we don't need to be doing that. Maybe we're fucking up by thinking too much about pot size, and that might be a big part of Adamo's game. I mean, we see him um, win huge pots for value. Like, when he moves in here, you know, like, we see him get called in these kinds of spots before. Yeah. In, in big final tables. We see him get called when he's bluffing in these kinds of spots. So I can think of Bonomo calling the second pair. Oh, yeah. In a similar spot where Emilio Adamo had, like, um, actually, Adamo actually had two pair on that, on that hand, but uh, Bonomo won the hand on the river. Yeah. Um, but so, so it's, it's really powerful that Adamo can move in and his rep and everything and confounds everyone so much that he can get called by, like, second pair, you know. By, by Bonomo in that case, right? People have to consider this. This is not an automatic fold for Chidrick, I don't think. He's got to at least think about this, mm-hmm. even though it's a 3x the pot, because the story is bizarro now. Out of nowhere, the story is bizarro. So how do you even start building this strategy as a Domo? Let's, let's say that, okay. that you and I were sitting down. We're, we're, we have a 17-hour drive from Vegas to Portland, you know? As we do. As we've had. Um, how do we begin building a strategy that is like uh, agnostic to pot size? We just are like, okay, we're not going to care about pot size. So what do we care about? And how do we decide when the giant bets or the tiny bets are going in? Mm. Well, one thing, okay, we're talking about how we would build it, not what yeah. Michael Adama is actually doing, right? We, we can try to okay. steal from him. Oh, good. Let's, yeah. let's do it. It seems like, it, I, I wonder if you disagree with this, but my, my inclination is that Adamo mostly does these very polarizing bets on the river yes. when everything is already determined, right? Yes. It isn't like there's a card to come usually. Um, He's not giving uh, 
odds for draws or anything like that. It's right, like you know where you're at. Yeah. Um, now, when he moved in on Bonomo with two pair, he actually it was the turn. Mm. But I don't think it was like five times the pot either. I think it was just a really big. Shot. I think it was a pot size. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It was like, geez, tough spot for Justin kind yeah. of thing because he had second pair and value bet flop and turn mm-hmm. with it. Um, okay, how do we determine this? Okay, for, so first of all, I think we'd want to do it um, on polarizing boards. Okay. Right. So this is a great example of a polarizing board. We got four to a straight. Um, right, ace two three, ace two three four. We yeah. also have three clubs. Now the clubs are in back door, but still right. we have three yeah. clubs also. Um, so that's interesting already. That that's there's a story that could be told in some ways, mm-hmm. right? Um, that would be one thing that comes to mind. Um, what else you got? I don't have anything else that immediately comes to mind. I don't really either. I mean, oh okay. It feels like if we were to build the strategy for weaker fields, like one one yeah. k fields, it would be like, well, I should just do this a lot when I have a really good hand, and over time, it might really produce a better. Chip. I I wonder. I wonder what uh, Adamo's fold frequency frequency that he gets folds from doing these kinds of things are right. Yeah. Like I would think he must get folds a, a reasonable amount. Right. Otherwise, he's not going to be balanced enough because if he's just if he's just doing it with good hands, it's not going to work. Right. Yeah. Like a guy like Stephen Chirik would see, oh, you just moved in three X the pot on this tough board. Um, I don't really rate to have that many strong hands. And I don't have a strong hand, by the way, so I'm out. And yeah. that's it. Like you have a lot of strong hands here because you're moving in for three times the pot. It's got to be more and deeper than that. Well, of course, it? of course. Yeah. I mean, really, what, what Michael Adamo would want to be doing here is moving in with at least um, a quarter bluffs, right? Yeah. Which feels like a lot when you're doing three times the pot. Um, but I guess you just want to have the right blockers to help you decide that. This is all pretty normal stuff. It just yeah. is we're doing it for these massive amounts. Instead right. of that. Um, this is, though, the way you get people to make massive mistakes, right? By making yeah. these huge bets. Of course, you can be the one making the massive you could, mistakes. You can too. lose a lot more chips. Yeah. Or, that's- yeah. That's and, the, and that's something we see a lot of, actually. People, like, massively overbetting pots and spots. And it's like, what are you doing, man? And, like, we usually watch those guys flame out pretty quickly. Yeah. So Adamo's figured out a way to be more selective and do this yeah. more we, balanced. We just have no idea what his methodology is and yeah. how he chooses when so, to do it. So let's see if we can come up with anything else, though, that would be a sort of a how we would come up with this strategy. I mean, this seems too simplistic, but it's a spot where, like, for, the, for value... It's a spot where your opponent can easily have a good second best hand. Like there's four to a straight out there. Uh-huh. And for bluffs, I think it's when your opponent's range is pretty clearly capped. Mm. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't. So having blockers helps for that, but yeah. also just the way they played the hand often is going to show themselves. Now someone like Stephen Chidwick is going to be a little tougher, but most players are not going to be super tricky. It's going to be relatively obvious if they're capped or not most of the time, right? Yeah. And you can put them to really tough spots. Mm-hmm. That's good. I think, of course, we have to do this somewhat opponent-dependent, too, right? You need to be up against someone who understands that you're betting 3x yeah. the pot instead of to them it's just an all-in and it's all the same. What's your guess as to if Michael Adamo plays the World Series of Poker main event, if he's going to make plays like this? Do you think he would against people he doesn't know who they are? Wow. Um, I think he wouldn't for a while. No, I don't think he would. No, maybe he start, Maybe he starts to size up more and more as they start to form an impression of him. Yeah. But I would assume if I'm Michael Adamo in a 10K field like the main event... Most of those people don't know who he is, right? Or if they do, they don't really know his game. Yeah. They're like, it's, are you sort of a pro poker player? That's all they would get. So yeah. when he bets five times the pot on the river, like, they're just going to fold everything except yeah. the nuts. Like, he's going to successfully fold up the second nuts, which is cool, except, like, mostly that's not a great idea, right, if you're betting five times the pot. Right. Because 
the risk reward is the risk reward is mostly yeah. not there. I guess you could have the perfect blocker and have the perfect opponent. You got the ace of diamonds. You're blocking enough flush. You can bet five x with impunity against this opponent. Great, but it's hard to have that yeah. exact setup, right? So I think he just isn't something he'd be doing that often. Um, the other thing is about frequency. Like, how often is Adamo really doing this? We all we get hands suggested to us, and those are the hands yeah. we see of him. I don't know that he's actually doing this so much. We're probably seeing a lot of those hands where he's betting so much. Agreed. Another question about this yeah. for this particular hand. What do you think the bottom of his value range is with this size on this board? Um, can he do it with just a five? Yeah, that's, the, what, that's the, question, the real question. Because right? yeah. like six five, I think he could do it for sure. Yeah. Um, Stevie Chidwick's not deep enough to worry about if he somehow backdoored a weird flush and checked it. Like whatever. Chidwick's a little less likely to have a flush than Adamo, it seems. Um, Maybe not. Well, he has to have a pair with it. Yeah, which, but so does uh, Adamo doesn't have to have a pair yeah. with you, right? So Adamo's, but Adamo did check the turn, but yeah. we have reasons why he checked the turn, which are beyond, you know, because yeah. like he gets shoved on, he's just going to be screwed a lot. Right. right. Um, and he's going to get shoved on a fair amount. Yeah. Uh, okay. Maybe he's got a few more flushes, but flushes don't feel like a huge part of anyone's range here. No. By any means, right? They do not. Um, straights make more sense. Straights also feel like, yeah, who knows, but... 6-5, he's going to do it. Is he going to do it with just a 5? What are we hoping to get called by? Because this jam feels like he's targeting a 5. He's like, if you've got a 5, you're just going to have to right. call me, right, Stevie? Or, or somehow a weaker flush. Oh, that would be amazing, yeah. too. Right? Or any other weird hero call, of course. Yeah. But, um, but like a 5 is just going to be like in a corner and just have to call. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's that. So why not go for all of it? Because you'd hate to bet pot and a half have him just like insta-call with a five and be like, yeah, of course I was calling it off. And you're like, ah. So we don't think he's doing it with a naked five based on that logic then? Well, we don't believe a, well, we don't believe a, a, any better, any chops or better hands are going to fold. So the right. question is, can we get worse hands to call if we move in with a naked five? Yeah. I would think we shouldn't count on that, right? We shouldn't count We should it. be targeting a five, so we're doing it with six, five or better for value. Yeah, probably. But who knows? He could surprise me and be doing it with like aces up. Aces up would be a surprise. Yeah. That feels like that feels like too much. It feels it like we'd ba- make a more normal size bet with yeah. up. Yeah. Okay. So interesting. Okay, that, that might help inform what we should do with Stephen Chidwick. Okay. Because now we have to figure that out. Yep. Like it is not that good of a hand that we have. We have six four on a deuce three four eight ace board with three clubs. We don't have any clubs, which is not ideal. We do block five six. We do. It seems like kind of a good card to have. Like, yeah. you'd, you'd, you'd prefer to have the six of clubs, right? Because then we block the flush and the straight, but the straight feels much more likely than the flush that well, you're up against, doesn't it? Would Adamo have bet 5-6 on the turn a lot of the time, though? He would have made the straight on the turn. Oh, yes, he would have. So that becomes less relevant. No, no, that's good. We don't want him to have 5-6. We block 5-6, and we don't want him to have it. So oh, it's yeah. good that he checked it. That makes us that, want to yeah, call more, true. not less. It's very relevant. But that makes our blocker less relevant, I guess, is what I mean. Oh, but now that he's shoving, so you're saying it's more clubs because he would have bet yeah. six five on the turn. It still is. Um, it still gives us something though to like. It still is a reasonable blocker. Yeah, but you're right. It is less relevant. I mean, it's got to be better than having king six. In fact, you could actually make the argument that okay. having a six is bad because that's a blocker that Adamo might use as a bluff card. Maybe. I mean, Chidwick's probably gonna bet a straight or better a lot on the river anyway, which actually calls into question this whole strategy of trying to get called by a straight uh, yeah. as a damo. Yeah. Chibwick's going to check some of his straights some of the time, though. 
to Adamo specifically yeah. on a on a polarized board for the guy who can have these crazy massive bluffs. Yeah, that's, that's a true. guy to check to sometimes. That's right? true. Um, with your straights, this is a this is a tough one. So having a six still seems like I think ultimately we would want to have a six right. I think that, it's right? better than not. Yep. Uh, it's hard for Adamo to have a flush. If we think Adamo's doing 6-5 or flushes only and it's hard for him to have a flush and we block 6-5, that's pretty good. Yep. We think he would bet 6-5 on the turn. We can see why he wouldn't necessarily bet the backdoor flush draw on the turn, though. Yeah, we can. So that's the problem. We'd really rather have a club. Yep. Again, the six of clubs is the dream card. If we have the six of clubs, we just have to call, I think. That forces us to call. Yeah. Um, we don't have a club. Should we call? It feels like no. How, the thing that it comes down to is the frequencies that which Adama's doing this, and we just don't know the We answer. don't know that, but we also did do the analysis of the turn without having thought about this part, yeah. and we thought it was very reasonable to check back a club draw as Adamo because of sure. the risk of the price that we would be laid. The question is, though, is Adamo doing something like, let's say Adamo had instead of Queen Deuce of Clubs, he's got Queen Deuce of Hearts. Is he sometimes going to 3x the pot with Queen Deuce of Hearts right here, too? I don't know. I Probably. think he might. I think he might sometimes, where he's like, I'm definitely losing. Diamonds, because the Deuce of Hearts is out there. Okay, but fine. But you see yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm definitely losing, and unless this guy has a straight, it's going to be really hard to call. Yeah. And the board is polarizing enough that I can have a 5. Yeah. Although, would I really move in with the 5? We don't, it's unclear. We didn't think so. It's unclear. Maybe Stephen Chibwick's short enough that you can move in with the 5. Maybe. Because he is pretty short. Yeah. But not compared to the pot. And also not compared to what our stack will be if we were to lose yeah. this pot, right? This is all true. This is a really, really weird, tough spot. How long does Stevie tank for before he makes his decision? I don't it's a while. No, right? the answer to that. But yeah, he takes, he takes a while. Yeah, I don't blame him. Yeah, it's a weird spot. Against a lot of players, this is an insta-fold. Against a guy like Adamo, it's just not. Because Adamo is... In some ways, the board is almost too polarizing, you know? It's yeah. like Adamo is like, yeah, you can see how polarizing this board is, so I'm going to move in. Like, it makes you want to call more. It makes me someone like me want to call more in these spots, you know, when they take these really polarizing things on these polarizing boards. Um, I don't know. I guess we could level ourselves into oblivion with this kind of stuff, though. We don't so. have to call that often for this size. That's true. I think well, we what, should... What, what are, go ahead. I think we should call any four or better with a club. Or anything that's like a slow play that we have, obviously. Mm-hmm. And maybe not this hand. So would we rather have 6-4 with, or let's call it king-4 with the, with the club? Yes. Whatever, 10-4 right. with the club, whatever. Um, or would you rather have, like, two pair? Would you rather have aces up? Not that you, you can't ever have aces up, though, so it'd have to be, like, a two pair that you check. I think I'd rather have the club. Yeah, me too. So the ultimate hand to have would be, like, 8-4 with the eight of clubs. Although we almost never have that because it was two pair on the flop. But Right, really hard to have yeah. it. But any, uh, the eight of clubs would be a great card to have. That's the pair of eights with the club. You know, that's a pretty good card. Yep. That is a, I mean, yeah, that's an amazing card. Yeah. I mean, sure. We're definitely going to have to call with that one and lose, yeah. by the way. But yeah. Yeah. So I think this is a fold in my mind. What do, you, what do you think? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I can understand why he calls having the six in his He hand. does call, yes. Yeah, sorry. He calls. Yeah. He calls it off. I can understand it. Um. Adam, the only way you really lose, it seems like, is if Adamo did just what he did here, right? He just he had to backdoor clubs, essentially, and not bet the turn doing so. It's possible in the moment, it's hard for Steven to also put it together that Adamo's not going to bet his club draw on the turn. Yeah. I can really understand. Like, it, I wouldn't have thought that until we you talked about it. You generally think the aggressor is going to continue betting when they pick up equity. Yeah. Um, 
And instead, it's like we get we figured out why he's probably not going to do that. If he, assuming this is really was yeah. anyone's thought process, but whatever. Um, and so then, from Chidwick's point of view, if you're like, well, I think he bets most club draws on the turn anyway. I would think that in real time for sure. And I block the straight that I think he's betting, so he doesn't really have clubs that often, and he doesn't have straights that often. Guess who has to call? This guy. So I think I might find a call here. That might be what Stephen Chidwick thought. Yeah. Because that's how you lose to Michael Adamo like everybody. Like everyone does, yeah. Although Stephen Chidwick actually ended up with more money than Adamo in the end due to the deal they made when he had a massive chip lead. He ended up with uh, 140K more euro than Adamo in the end. I mean, that's nice. That is cool. Yeah. But also, you know, you didn't win. You didn't win. Michael Adamo won. He's the winner. He always wins. <laughs> he always does win. It's not fair. Yeah. We okay. see what the solver has to say. I guess I. It's gonna try. Okay. Wesley Cannon solve Chidwick and Adamo is easy. Let's do it. No problem. Come on, these guys are straightforward. They're very simple players. Uh, all right, let's just do it. Back okay. to the flop. Chidwick should lead a huge portion of his range, which is of course huge because you know he checked out of the big blind. Uh, so yeah. it's a lot of things that he wouldn't have raised, uh, including this hand, uh, which you know makes sense. Protection. Value, all these things, they make sense. Pio mm. gets it. Pio gets it. Chidwick didn't get it because he didn't do it, bro. Yeah, he's simple. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Jeez. Shots. Right. That was great. That is there, Stephen. Not Jonathan Levy, who loves you and trusts you. Bring it on. <laughs> wow. Michael Odamo should bet his hand. He should bet any, any yeah. pair, which makes plenty of sense. He did, he did it. Good job. Okay. Chidwick. Chidwick. Whoa. Chidwick. It's, hard, it's a hard thing to say. <laughs> it's not. Say it's it. not. Just Say it. Chid, 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 <laughs> Chidwick. Yeah, Chidwick. Uh, Wesley said Chidwick actually has a bunch of raises with pairs, but this hand is 100% a call. Huh. I'm not entirely sure why. Uh, the six blocks a bunch of straight draws, maybe? Yeah. Sure. So I don't know why so that that's, matters. That, 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 is a, that is a truth. Yeah, I don't know why that matters. Anyway, he, he called. Good, Good job. Uh, so on the turn, Michael Adamo, of course, messed up as he always does. Always. Embarrassing. He's, according to Pio, he is supposed to bet this hand, but right. check without clubs. I mean, I sort of get that, right? Like you're trying to build a pot if you hit so you can make a big river bet. Right, but we speculated on the on the podcast, of course, that he's checking yeah. because he doesn't want to be given a bad price on the check shove, which he thinks might happen a little too frequently. I guess. Um, also, maybe he doesn't want to build a pot so much. And and as we see, he can build a pot anytime yeah, he wants, as big like, as he wants. Why do you need to build a pot on the turn? Yeah. I'm Michael Adama. I build yeah. a pot whenever I want. Yeah, I don't I don't need to adhere to these rules of pot size stuff or whatever. Who cares? So yeah. that, that actually, I mean, if you know you can 3x the pot on the river, then whatever, right? Yeah, basically. Like, yeah, I don't have to wear a white collar because I'm a white collar guy or a blue collar because I'm a blue collar I'm gonna wear. Guy. I'm going to wear a red collar. I'm Michael Adamo. <laughs> yeah. I'm red collar guy. From Australia. Basically. Uh, all right. On the river... Pio actually wants Chidwick to bet 500000 with all of his four and three combos. Whoa. Which Wesley said, for value? Question mark. Wesley doesn't know why. We're trying to get called by just the deuces and ace highs. That ace and ace hits the river. So King high? <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. really hard to come up with that. Why would a king high feel like it can call here very comfortably? Rarely would it think that, right? It's just Pio being Pio, man. Pio is just like, you got to be balanced, bro. We love we love Pio because we don't understand Pio. Yeah, that's if we understood Pio, we would hate Pio. Yeah, I'd be like, wow, you think that? <laughs> that's that's like 1950s thinking. Yeah, buddy. that is not cool, man. Do not say that in public. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. Okay. Okay. So Wesley gave uh, Adamo the option to either bet 1.2 million for a pretty hefty chunk or shove as he did, and Pio prefers that Adamo bet 1.2 million with pretty much all of his value. 
Um, but because he has one of the better flushes, it's it's one of the more acceptable by Pio standards hands to use big sizing, obviously, because you can get called by weaker hands. And to be clear, the pot had 1.5 million in it. So it's 80% pot or 3x pot, right. essentially, right? Okay. Yeah. So Pio likes a smaller size, but if it's a good flush, it's better than if it's a bad that flush. That makes sense. Yeah. More polarizing, you can get called by more hands yeah. that you want to get called by. And here you go. Once Chidwick is checked, which I guess Pio would never do, but right. once, it's once like Chidwick is checked with this hand... We're in the upside down now. He just has to call. Pio <laughs> 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 wants him to call. Why? I mean, I we blocked the straight, but is that enough? No. Apparently Pio... Has done the numbers. It's run the numbers and says it's enough. All right. Yeah. Well, good. Good job then, Chidwick. By folding. Oh, he called. He called. No, he called and lost. Of course he did. I, I was thinking he folded the tournament. You know, like he's like, I fold this tournament. I call and that makes me fold the That's tournament. That's a really, really interesting life perspective you have. Yeah. That's <laughs> weird and interesting. It's and why. Bad. It's why I'm a poker guy. And really bad. <laughs> bad is good sometimes. Right, but not in this case. It's just really, <laughs> no, really? It's negative. It's a negative thing. Yeah. The negative, negative is positive. Sometimes. No, but in this case, it isn't either. It's just not what you it's want. It's like getting a negative COVID it's test. It's a not what you want. It's a not what you want situation. So you want a, a positive COVID test? <laughs> no, that's my point. I don't see your point, man. I, <laughs> yeah, think, I think I win I this that. one. I get that. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll chalk this one up as a grant win, and we'll talk yeah, to you next week. Tag your tweets. <laughs> Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it.